like we'll we'll issue these CDC recommendations, but we're not going to then go ahead and say like, well, all of these schools that are you know currently open, very obviously flaunting these guidelines, we're not going to do anything about that. Right. right. I think there's some like very clear framings that that you see early on in this document in the executive summary where they really kind of show their cards as to what they're actually trying to convey, which is more like guidelines on the priorities that everyone should be considering in school reopening, less, um, you know, like actual procedures for safety, as you guys are saying. So there's this one sentence that just like keeps getting stuck in my head and and um here, I'll read it. As communities plan safe delivery of in-person instruction in K-12 schools, it is essential to decide when and under what conditions to help protect students, teachers, and staff and slow the spread of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. It is critical for schools to open as safely and as soon as possible <laughs> and to remain open. It's more like this position statement of like, you know, not... It's not actually a document that's trying to convey best practices for safety. It's trying to convey the fact that safety is less of a priority than reopening, that safety is sort of immaterial to the fact <laughs> of the matter of needing schools open as quickly as possible separate, yeah. and without the possibility of being closed in the future. That's really what it sort of it's trying to foreclose on that that possibility of shutting it down. Mm-hmm. It reminds me very much of this meta analysis I read of, of these studies in which the authors did, did this sort of collection of all this these studies on, on like school reopenings around the world and they're like sort of conclude that like well there's a lot of uncertainty about this but because of the harms of school uh, schools being closed for in-person instruction which we have not researched at all in this paper uh, and have said very little about at all because of that uh, the uncertainties justify like moving to school reopening as quickly as possible. So it's like, I, I feel like I could have had somewhat more respect for CDC saying this had they actually formally done a sort of like analysis where they justify their claim for there being a trade-off, but they haven't even gone so far as that. And like, and maybe this is something that you guys talked about with Rachel and Abby, but like, this is something that just keeps coming up for me. And it's like this little annoying Jiminy cricket on my fucking shoulder uh, (laughs) is just like, by the way, uh, it's hard to detect spread when it happens in schools because children often experience COVID at a subclinical level. Um, Mm -hmm. So, by the way, all of the data that these recommendations are based on are observational studies uh, that claim that there's no transmission in schools, even though we all know that there's subclinical exposure mainly in children. And if you look at the modeling studies (laughs) that actually look at like, okay, what if we could actually tell, um, you know, how, how this thing was like spreading is like, yes, actually, you would not want to open until, for example, all teachers were vaccinated at the very least but the Mm -hmm. fact that that is just sort of it's there you have to like look at the footnotes to like find it it's just it's really it's uh it's always going to be haunting me yeah i mean there's way more energy being put into the sort of passing of liability too because yeah uh over and over there are statements like Teachers and school staff should take actions to protect themselves and others where they live, work, learn and play. And like, you know, community (laughs) spread can make situations more harrowing in schools, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there will be exponentially, you know, increased spread just because there's increased community spread. Everybody has to do their best to make sure that they're not, you know, letting their personal behaviors screw it up for everybody else. And this is just 
time and time again, I think what we're what we're seeing actually is the fact that there is very little political will to make the financial supports available to people that are needed to actually stop the spread that we have right now. Well, I think this gets to a really core um, flaw in the in the overall mission of this document, which I guess to, to preface really quick, I will say that at the very least, as maybe we'll get into, I am glad that sort of this this document coming out did not just sort of blanket give concessions to, you know, basically every, you know, school reopening advocate mm-hmm. uh, that you yes. that you can imagine, which you um, I think you see very plainly in how um, Emily Oster, like immediately responded with a New York Times op ed essentially saying. <laughs> Hello, this is Daniel Beatrice's screen reader program. Support us at patreon.com slash. Death Panel Pod to hear the full episode and get access to patron only content. With love, the Death Panel.